This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Greetings and welcome to episode three of What Did You Watch This Week, the podcast where John and I talk about what we watched this week. My because really, Mike. isn't that what you need in a podcast? Isn't that exactly what you're looking for? Is just two guys talking about stuff? Right, yeah. I mean, a natural conversation. That's that's the best podcast I like. Exactly. So, all right. I, I guess the, the question, the burning question that needs to be asked. Yes. The, the cliffhanger that we left off with last week. Yes, exactly. Which was John... What did you watch this week? Oh, oh, I, this is kind of a personal question for me. I, I'm going to need a moment. I'm feeling a little verklempt here. Uh, <laughs> didn't know we were going to get this this hardcore right off, but just going to jump right into it. Yep. Uh, I actually watched a lot of shows this week. Um, I, too, watched an excessive amount of television. <laughs> yes, I, I believe the word you used was shameful amount. Yes, a shameful amount of TV <laughs> I was watched. I think I agree with that one because, my God, I'm looking at my note sheet and I'm like, this is not what a normal human being should do. Thank God I have no life. <laughs> so I'll start it off with uh, sure. The Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, I know you're still not watching it. but Jump right into it. Um, this will be the spoiler warning uh, just in case people are trying to catch up. But The Walking Dead was so slow this week. It was one of those episodes where it was just people talking and walking, like they earned the name Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched that video from Honest Trailers where they talk I, about the a, season six. That's immediately what I thought of when you said that. <laughs> well, was them going walking and walking. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing that killed me, though. Uh, pun intended. Um, it, that was the first fifty minutes, and then all of a sudden, the last ten minutes became a whirlwind of. Some of the weirdest and most brutal action you've seen on the show to date. Um, I, I won't give all the specifics, but you did see somebody get shot through the eye with a crossbow bolt. Sweet. And you got to see somebody fight for their life by biting down as hard as they could on a nutsack. Jeez. And that is not peanuts, my friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really turned around in the last 10 minutes. I was quite riveted. I mean, I was ready to turn off the show. I was just so bored. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care that you're walking and talking and somebody's uh, whining. And... Yeah. Sounds I, painful. Yeah, you sound like you're in pain right there. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just picturing it, and it just, it's, I, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I think you would have liked it. The, uh, the line of the night, though, goes on Talking Dead to uh, Chris Hardwick for saying, well, I guess we uh, learned tonight that Eugene doesn't have a nut allergy. <laughs> and that was my reaction as well. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That is yep. awesome. awesome. So, uh, Mike, now that I've yeah. aired my soul to begin with, what'd you watch this week? Oh, geez. Like I said, a shameful amount of television. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to jump in with going to Grimm. Okay. Uh, because you kind of touched on it last week. Yes. I just want to get out of the way this week. I did catch up. I watched the most recent two episodes. Excellent. Um, the wrestling episode. Usually, wrestling on TV when in, the, in, the, in the confines of a television program is just garbage. Like, for instance, Supernatural recently had a wrestling episode, mm -hmm. and 
it, the wrestling itself wasn't good. In fact, they even had a wrestler on the show from the WWE in The Miz, but his role was so minimal, it's like he wasn't necessary for him to be there. Gotcha. It could have been anyone else. Like He didn't add anything to it other than I went like, oh, hey, look, it's The Miz. Oh, hey, look, he had his two lines. Oh, hey, look, he's dead. <laughs> So he was just an actor rather than yeah. It wasn't he wasn't like yeah he wasn't the main like bad guy. Well, that's too bad. Whatever. Um, but on Grimm, the wrestling was actually really good. <laughs> it was surprising. Uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. was in it. He's a third generation wrestler from the Guerrero family. Uh, he plays the uh, the masked wrestler that ends up getting murdered in the alley. Okay. Um, I do have a very hard time believing that there's a Lucha Mask store in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> they do seem um, to have everything in Portland, Oregon, don't they? They do, they do, they do. And, uh, I mean, I do like the fact how they did it with the Lucha Mask and how, you know, they would take, um, I, th- I don't I think it was a blue bot. No, it wasn't a blue bot. I can't remember. Whatever the, it was the, the Vessin was. The Cougar-like or the Panther. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the Vessin was. I like that they... Silence my cell phone. I like that they, uh, how they would cut his face off, make the mask out of it. I mean, I thought mm. that was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a great episode. I, I don't like the idea of them getting Diana back and going all that storyline because I really, I hate teenage drama on shows, but I really dig Nick and Adeline's relationship. And I, I hate to see that get thrown into a tailspin because that would just annoy the crap out of me. For as much as the show moves forward, it always seems to move backwards. You yeah. know, this is the same season where we finally got back to the keys. And by this point, you're like, do we really care anymore? Well, I guess we have to because yeah. they had to go dig up the stick of truth or whatever it's going to be called. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This healing stick, something or other. Um, I did like the most recent episode where they brought werewolves to Grimm. Yes. And they kind of put it. Yeah. And they put it, yeah, exactly. And they put a huge twist on it, how lycanthropes are actually just blue plots that basically have a virus that the moon affects them. Yeah. Yeah. A genetic disorder that affects yeah. very few of them. So much so that according to Monroe, they would usually kill their children if they found out they had it because they were absolutely unable to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I really enjoyed that. So Grimm's been Grimm's been a good season this year. You know, Be- between that mask and this uh, lycanthrope thing, it feels yeah. like they're trying to expand on the whole uh, Vessin thing. Instead of just here are people who sh- uh, change shapes, they're like, well, let's look at the bigger picture. You know, there yeah. are other aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And it's uh, it's been a good season. Uh, what do you think at the end of this most recent episode where we get to see that Officer Wu has a cut on his leg from tussling very poorly with the lycanthrope lady? Yeah, and then he was doing the cold sweats in bed at night, and then they showed the moon, so obviously the moon's affecting him. So yep. we're going to actually see a werewolf, I guess, maybe? I, I The way Something? that they described it, I mean, we just said it ourselves. It's supposed to be a genetic disorder yeah. from Bluebot, so why, why is it going to do something to him? It'll be interesting to see what they do with yeah. that. I mean, I don't I don't see them turning him into a blue bot, but, I mean, they did make him eat, like, his own carpet. <laughs> oh, God, that was terrible. Yeah. Oh, that was so bad. Um, yeah, so, uh, anyways, uh, Lucifer. I just want to Lucifer. Uh, you know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like the show, but I am starting to lose interest in it a little bit because... It just, I'm having a hard time getting over the fact 
that every week they have to come up with a new way to try and figure out how he relates to the crime so it makes sense for him to be in a consultant for the police department. Yep, it is a tough hurdle to get over. Um, it's, it's not like elementary where they're consulting on every crime. They're only, this guy is only consulting on crimes that affects him somehow. Right. And you got to wonder, how many crimes can really affect... Well, I mean, granted, he is the devil. Yeah. But how many times are we expected to believe that all the crime in this area is around him? Yeah. I mean, I, re- I did like this episode. It was a good episode. <laughs> a priest walks into a bar. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I thought it was a great concept. But he was so humanized by the end of the episode because he was genuinely angry. That yes. Killed. Yep. And, you know, the way he grabbed that guy up off the floor and picked him way up off the ground with one arm. Right. That wasn't questioned. You know. <laughs> well, um, he did that before in her presence, remember? He threw that yes, guy through the plate glass yes, window. Yes, absolutely. You're right. Um, but still, and, and I really just want him to get shot again by someone so he can realize that the only person who can shoot him and hurt him is her. Well, I think we're going to see that because remember at the very end, yeah. uh, Indariel or whatever the angel's name is there was handing yeah. the gun off to that officer that he brought yeah. back from the dead. Yeah. So it's the big plot to kill Lucifer and see if he really And send him back dies. to hell. Yeah. Right. yeah. But then what happens there? I'm, I'm not completely boned up on my theology, but yeah. if you kill the devil, does he go to hell and then just become the devil again? Or does he – does someone else get promoted? Well, that's essentially is, is what he said would happen. He would get killed, and you know, once he gets killed, he would be forced back to hell. So hmm. I would assume that's what would happen. It seems. But I think, go ahead. I was going to say it seems thin to me. You know, they already said that Indariel is running around um, monitoring the gates of hell for him. So right. it'll be interesting. I, I just know. I think what we'll find is that only she can hurt him because she somehow has. The ability to not be affected by his charms, and then I think if we do that, maybe it'll the show will get a little bit better and pick up the pace. I guess. You want to know my prediction? Go right ahead. I think you're right, and I think that we're going to find out that it's something like she's a direct descendant of Eve, which oh, technically, yeah. according to the Bible, everybody is, but they're going to say that she has some kind of bloodline right, right. because exactly. Eve was tempted by the serpent. Then this woman cannot be tempted by Lucifer, something right. like that. I like that idea. Yeah. I can get behind that idea. All right. I'll, I'll pitch it to the writers next time I talk. Yeah. Email it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, are you still watching Elementary? You know, I'm, I'm, I am, but I'm not right now. I'm like eight episodes behind. Okay. Well, and I know, I know what we said, but yep. I, I would appreciate it if you'd be vague. I will be vague. I will just say this. Um, the most recent episode was really good. Uh, you can see it in the previews. It deals with a... Kind of a kick-ass kind of thing. You know, it's a comic book character that somebody brings to life and not brings to life magically, but they dress up as this person and go around stopping crimes and such. Uh, But the episode before that was actually The Hound of the Baskervilles. Ooh, I I love when they address the old uh, Conan Doyle stories. Yes, and I I have to give at least one thing because I wrote it down and I wanted to say it, um, but... During the comic book episode, Sherlock gets like all 650 some odd uh, issues of the comic book in question just because he wanted to see like uh, if there was something that tied the crime to the comics, you know, maybe some 
big fan or something. And he was talking about how comics are ridiculous because in this one, the comic book hero has died like five times and he starts rattling them off and he goes, Oh, and the most ridiculous one was when he went over the cliff of a waterfall with his mortal enemy wrapped in his arms. He goes, that's just ridiculous. Who does that? That's amazing. I loved that. That is awesome. For those listening who don't know what we're talking about, that's how originally Sherlock Holmes died in the novels by Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, with, with, and with Moriarty was his arch nemesis that went over the falls with him. And he was supposed to stay dead, if I'm not mistaken, but the, yeah. the people of the time were so adamant that they made him bring him back. Yeah, that's, that, that is essentially what happened. <laughs> the first time that that's happened. I mean, we see it happen all the time now. You know, all these people who go up in arms because, like, Firefly is canceled. And right. they just go ape. But it was even happening back in the 1800s. That's that's a fandom right there. Except they didn't bring back Firefly. Uh, I know. <laughs> we did get the movie. We get comic books. That's right. I heard there's a new comic series coming out this year. I'm sure we've talked about that. Yes. Yes, I'm excited um, for that. So, yeah, so I, I found myself the other day going, you know, I haven't watched Elementary in a long time. And then I went and looked, and I'm like six or seven episodes back. So I, I plan on getting caught up soon. Excellent. You'll you'll appreciate it. It's good. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I was I, – I had heard about Marvel's Most Wanted. Yes, which kind of took the bite out of it, didn't it? It did because – I had heard about Marvel's Most Wanted, so I knew that somehow they had to figure out a way to get them from to get to get sorry Hunter and Bobby off the of Shield yeah. and onto that show. And I just wasn't sure. And then as I'm watching the show and I'm watching it unfold, and then near the end, I'm like, oh, that's how they're gonna do it. Yep. And so, like, I guess if you went in watching that show not knowing what was gonna happen, you'd be like, what the heck? Well, they're getting rid of both of them, but. Right. Yeah, it, it would have been a much more of a shocker, but I found myself yeah. halfway through the episode writing down on my notes, yep, this is how we're going to get the spinoff. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, obviously they're getting – but it's good because they're leaving the show. They're getting their own show, and this is going to allow um, other characters to uh, to come to the forefront on yeah. the show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they can bring more people on. They can make more of the, uh, yep. the Inhuman team. Yeah. I – I think that it's for the best. They still did a good job, even though we knew what was coming. They still did a good job yep. of making us feel for them, you know, get oh, a little choked up. That end scene with all yeah. of them at the bar and they all had them delivered shots and everything. That, nope. was, that was amazing. That was very touching. It was. But they called it the was, Spies Farewell or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was I mean, never even Coulson, Coulson, yeah, you know, May, everyone was there, so that was pretty. Different. And then Mac was the one most hurt by it. Yes, yes, he was. Poor guy. You know? Yeah, I really felt for him. Yeah, but uh, but knowing about Marvel's Most Wanted, which I'm excited about the show, that and Damage Control. Yes. Um, yep. But knowing about it, it did take the sting out of them leaving the show because you're like, well, I'm not losing them as characters. I'll just see them on this other Marvel show because apparently, Marvel TV is going to be taking over the airwaves. I think that they are, <laughs> and they're doing it well. That's the great part about it. You know, it's not like they're just throwing a bunch of stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. They're actually yeah. taking the time to create things that work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we, you know, we, like Daredevil season two just came out. I know we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, um, but you know, they have the preview for Luke Cage was released. 
as well, which yep. is coming in September. That that looks really good. It does. And then, um, you know, coming off of Daredevil is the fact that there's now talk of doing the, the Punisher series itself, which, dude, isn't John <laughs> Barathal just amazing as the Punisher? He really is. Yeah. He, he actually, in some of his speech patterns, he's channeling Rick Grimes. Oh, uh, when when Rick starts going a little bit nuts, yeah, which is kind of funny to see Shane doing that. Yeah, but yeah, he really uh, the most clinching scene for me. I, I guess we're gonna jump right into we're this. Talking was, about it now, yeah, we're yep. jumping right in, yeah, because <laughs> I've only seen the first five episodes. But you know, yeah. last time I hadn't even seen that far, and you told me to. So it was when he went into that pawn shop to get the uh, police radio, yep. and yep. he just kept handing over wads of cash to the guy, like the guy's giving him all this stuff, you know, here's a gun, here's this, here's and then as he's walking out, the guy's like, oh, here's some porn, here's grandmas, here's, you know, Asian, yeah. here's I, here's I, little I kids. Yeah. And that's when he just stopped, closed the door, and the guy's like, yeah, you know what you like, don't you? And he just walks yeah. over, picks up the bat, and you knew what was coming. You didn't need oh. to see it. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they cut away. See, for me, okay, the first episode, he had one line. Bang. Right. You know, Which was still the best line of the entire episode. It was, it was awesome. It was the title of the episode. I mean, come on. The second episode, he had very little dialogue in it, all action, but you, you, we saw him more. And then the third episode, he has, and, and even in the fourth episode, but in the third episode, when they're on the rooftop together, he has like one of the most powerful monologues, essentially, I've ever heard when it comes to declaring who you are, what your character is, what you stand for, and what you believe in. And it was to me it was fantastic because it literally did sum up everything about who the Punisher was, why he does what he does, and this is why he does it. And, you know, he truly believes in it and that's it. You know, it's black and white. It's not gray for him. And I don't know, that and then in the uh in the cemetery in episode four. Yes. Another just amazing, like, again, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a conversation, but he's doing all the talking essentially. Yes. And again, it's now we're, we're, we're hearing the other side of things. We're hearing even more about him and why he does what he did. And it's powerful. I mean, he had very power. It was awesome. I, was, I loved it. Right. Basically in the first two episodes, he was, a force of nature. You know, like you said, he barely yeah. had any lines. He was just a force of nature that was killing people. Yeah. He seemed unstoppable. You know, he's actually beating up Daredevil. It's like, wow, you know, this guy is trouble. But then in the third and fourth, they gave him more depth. They made yeah. him human. You know, they put a human face to the villain slash vigilante's uh, persona. Yeah. And it really was some great writing right there. Yeah, it was. It was great. And the delivery by uh, Barenthal was just amazing. I mean, I loved it. The action in this season has been intense. I mean, the fight Absolutely. scenes at the end of episode one and episode two between Daredevil and Punisher were great. Yep. Uh, if you remember in the first season, Daredevil has that scene where he's in the house. The hallway the fight scene. The hall where he's going in and out of the rooms and everything. Yep. And they they topped it this year. They topped it in episode three yep. when he was going down the hall and then down the stairwell and then down the hall and out when he was fighting the, um, the, thugs, the dogs of the, hell, yes. the dogs of hell gang. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, holy crap. And I felt tired watching him. That's the thing. That's it the, looked like one long continuous scene. Yeah. And that's the thing about daredevil that I like is that he's a guy and he reminds you of it by getting exhausted. Like some of those punches he was throwing barely had anything behind him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he was exhausted. And quite yep. often, that's what's happening with the actor. He's exhausted because they do these long takes like that because they want the legitimacy behind it. It did. It definitely It looked like one long, continuous scene of him coming down. Like, And if there was cuts, they were seamless. But it didn't seem like they were because it, they didn't. the camera angle didn't change a lot. It literally was like it was following him, and you're just watching this one. I mean, it was just – I watched it twice. <laughs> it was that good. I can't wait to go back and watch it a second time. Myself, I watched actually. it twice. It was so good, yeah. Um, still talking about Daredevil, season four. Okay, you know me. I love my horror movies. Wait, Daredevil, you know do, Daredevil you know doesn't I, have a season four? I mean episode four. Sorry, okay. Episode four. But you know me. I love my horror movies. Yes, you do. Uh, I watched – gory graphic they call it torture porn whatever doesn't bother me you don't don't cringe nothing um you know what i do for work i'm pretty not jaded in life but i'm pretty just like meh. yeah yeah <laughs> when the they drill got, yeah the <laughs> drill in the foot dude i was just like oh god no like i cringed and i was just like it made me react it reminded me of um, one of my favorite movies, which is really weird, but Payback with Mel Gibson. Yeah. And the scene towards the end where they take the hammer to his individual <sighs> toe. Yes. Same kind of thing. Yes. yes. But see, here's my problem with that scene in, in episode four was both you and my sister had talked it up to me and you guys were like, whoa, you've got to be careful. Episode four is so bad. It's so yeah. hard to watch. It's so rough. And so the whole time I was on edge, I was waiting. And honestly, I thought it was going to be the dog. They spent oh, yeah. so much like carrying that dog around. He's yipping and yelping, and they made a point of it. And then he brought the dog in. And he's like holding the drill over the dog, and I was like, "They're going to do something to this dog. They're going to drill through the dog's leg or something. I'm going to lose my, I'm going to lose my mind. This is going to yeah. be it." But it didn't happen, so it was a little bit less for me. Okay, yeah, because you you're 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 totally tunnel vision on the dog and so when the foot thing happened you're like ah, okay but the dog right but i also i was able to steal myself for it like you watched it without any kind of warning yeah. it's kind of like those movies or tv shows where all your friends tell you oh my god it's the funniest thing i've ever seen oh my god you're gonna laugh so hard and you hear it so much that you kind of over expect yeah. yeah and then it doesn't seem as funny yeah yeah you get the hard sell on it and then it just doesn't deliver as as much as you thought it would because you exactly. were just ready to laugh you know laugh Right. Hysterically, and you find yourself laughing, but not yeah, wasn't didn't need to sell. So, did you give yourself a gap between episodes four and five? Uh, I did mostly because I had to work the next morning. Yeah, but then I did watch episode five, and it does slow down quite a bit. Yeah, you know, episode five being more of a backstory interspersed with current story. Yeah, when I was talking with Martin about it the other day. He had said the same thing. Like he had wished someone had told him to watch three and four together, and then give yourself a gap before five. Because if you go right from four into five, there goes from that high intensity action to just boom. It's real slow. Right. So uh, your adrenaline's still pumping from three and four, and then when you're watching five, you keep waiting for it to pick up, and it, it does. It's not a bad episode. No. But, like for me, I found myself. I even wrote a note down that was like, I don't really like this episode. But it was only because I was still adrenaline jacked from. <laughs> you, you were kind of spoiled from the last one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I've had a gap in between, then I could have, you know, accepted the episode more for what it was. And, and like again, it was it was a good episode. It was a great way to start the you know the Electra storyline. Yep. Um, and I'll tell you, having that gap in between does yeah. make a difference because yeah. it was almost like, um, I don't know, the next chapter of a book or something. 
or maybe even the next book in a series because you're like, okay, we just came down yep. off that. I, I've cleansed my palate. It's been like 24 hours. And then yep. I got to watch the next one and we're like, okay, let's introduce a new character. Let's yep. see. They had some playful times in the past. This is fun. Okay. I can get with yep. this. So yeah, it did make a difference. It was almost like the end of episode four, you meet Electra. She's sitting on the couch. It's almost like, oh, that's the, you know, the mid season finale. Yes. Yep, you know what exactly. I mean? We're going to go on hiatus for a couple of weeks, and then we're going to come back, and so you're going to start fresh again, then we're going to start that slow build again, leading up to, well, you'll see, when the action <laughs> picks up again. Yep, I've heard that it's coming. <laughs> I, a little bird told me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to love it. I know you are. I absolutely know you're going to love it. Excellent. Um, so, go ahead, sir. I was just going to say, as long as we're talking about superheroes, uh, Supergirl this week, did you watch it? Um. I have it to watch still, so I have not Feel free to talk about it. I'm okay with it. Um, Eddie McClintock does a nice uh, job on there. He guest stars nice. as a military man. And yeah. as you know, seeing Eddie McClintock in person, he is a goofball. Oh, absolutely. So he's definitely a military man, and they made him a very mean-spirited, you know, he's kind of like General Lane is. Yep. But it's hard to see him doing that without expecting him to just, like, run up and boop somebody's nose or something. Because yep. he's just such a goofball. Yeah, like he was in Warehouse 13 and yeah, at the but, panel we went to at Rhode Island Comic Con. Here's the thing about this episode. Yeah. Um, there were there were a couple of things that bothered me. One, they touted it during all the previews and everything, and they said, oh, we're finally going to learn the origin story of John Jones, you know, the Martian yeah. Manhunter. Martian no, man. no. Um, basically, what happened was each character that was kind of involved talked about their first time experience or coming into contact with Hank Henshaw or John Jones. Um, so effectively after about two or three of those, like, Oh, I remember the first time I kind of, I wrote down a note that I titled the episode, how I met your Martian, because <laughs> that's so much more what it was, you know, and that kids is how that's... your aunt Robin met your Martian. That is awesome. Uh, but then there was one thing that really bothered me, which is by the end of it, uh, no real spoilers here, but by the end of it, there's a motorcycle chase scene and there's two motorcycles chasing a trailer truck and the motorcycles are doing these really flippy things like they're going up on the sides of a water aqueduct and then popping wheelies to deflect bullets and stuff like that. And then we find out that the two people driving the motorcycles are Kara and Lucy uh, Lane. Uh, and I, I'm saying to myself, do these two know how to ride motorcycles, much less perform tricks like this? Yeah. This doesn't seem right. How do these people, how does Kara know how to ride a motorcycle? How would she ever have need for that skill? And yet right. here she is performing stunts. Just because she's Supergirl doesn't mean she can do everything immediately awesome. Exactly. I, I don't accept their premise. I do not. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. I mean, I am excited for Supergirl. I mean, tomorrow night we finally get the Flash Supergirl crossover. I know. So, I'm I mean, pretty. I'm pretty stoked for that. I mean, I've heard different things, but basically, what it comes down to, I'm just excited to see the episode. The, I watched the, like the trailer commercial. What are, it's a. Tra I'm just gonna, everything I'm going to refer to is going to be called trailers because it's like a preview. So, so everything that's a preview. Your, your lunch preview. is not going to be a, a trailer, right? All right. So trailer, I'm gonna preview, <laughs> trailer. Good talk, Mike. Uh, the Supergirl Flash preview trailer thing that I saw. Uh, I loved it. It was great. They're having a foot race, you know, yep. all going back to the comics when Flash and Superman had a foot race. Yep. Um, and how Flash could always beat him when they were running. Yes. So I thought it was great, and I'm excited to see it. I, 
I just can't wait to see it. And then the day after, we've got the next Flash. Yeah, so speaking of the Flash. Yes. Let's just jump into that. Look at that segue. (laughs) I absolutely love the interaction with the characters together. Just all of them in general? Yes. Yes. You know, even with the new, even with Harrison Wells being back, I I just really like how the characters all interact together and they talk with each other. And it's great. It reminds me of Firefly, how the characters all interact together. They are a big family and it's just, I love it. Um, which I Iris, think makes I, I think that makes Cisco the wash of the group. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, one thing I really didn't like about this recent episode was how quick you know because you know trajectory is is uh, introduced introduced in the episode and you know she goes and is a petty theft and so immediately oh it must be the Flash because it's a speedster who's stealing stuff right and just how quickly Iris's boss is just at the paper is just ready to immediately think oh Flash obviously did this we're gonna write a story about how he's a piece of crap right yeah who who does he think he is J Jonah Jameson <laughs> huh? you know what I mean like. <laughs> Flash has proven nothing to, to be but a hero in the in the city, and everyone appreciates him. And then something happens, and we're not going to ask him about. It. We're not going to give anyone the benefit. We're just going to automatically assume, oh, he's now become a, a petty crook, petty theft. And uh, we're going to write a scathing article about how he's uh, the, the downfall of the city now. Like, right? Didn't make any sense because, like, when you watch Arrow, the citizens, you know, either they like him or they don't. When you watch Flash, it's pretty much presented that universally, everybody loves him. Yeah, he's got coffee named after him. He's got action figures. They have a Flash Day. Yeah, exactly. So it just seems so odd to me that they went with that. It was just weak sauce B story for me this week. It really was. And so. as long as we're talking about that guy, Iris's boss there, I was talking about this with somebody else, and I don't think I'm alone here. Um, that whole exchange between the two of them was really some of the worst writing I've seen on that show in a while. Because first he's like, I want you to write this story. And then she keeps coming up with excuses. She's stalling him. You know, I'm not going to do it. You know, trying to give them time to find trajectory. So then she says, look, let's just go get a cup of coffee and let's talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Everything seems fine. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, he makes some kind of comment about dating. You know, oh, is that what you look for in men that you take out to get coffee? And so he's kind of making an advance on her. Yep. And she's like, whoa, whoa, that was not what this is. Sorry about that. And he gets all dejected. So yeah. that's fine. That I, I can accept that. You know, the guy was a little pushy, whatever. It's what they did next. When she goes in and basically apologizes to him and then kind of comes on to him, she's like, and in fact, that is kind of what I look for in my men. What is that? Yeah. What is I, wrong I, with I, Iris? What is wrong with the writers of this show that they're like, a sexual advance has to be reciprocated by the woman? Yeah. I didn't like it. I thought it was really, really weak sauce. I just, I, I, yeah, the whole B story with the newspaper yeah. this week wasn't good to me. I, I think however, Iris needs to go away. <laughs> however, another little B story. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Okay. Another little B story I did like, though, was we saw Trajectory interject Jesse Wells with the Via Velocity 9 yeah. formula. Yeah. So are we going to be seeing Jesse Quick in the future? I think we are. I think that's why she went away for yeah. from the writers. I think she's yes. going to go away, and she's going to come back and help. And if you noticed, she left on a bus to go to Opal City. Yep. Which was mentioned on Arrow and Supergirl. It certainly was. So that's pretty neat. And to, to, f- to finish up my uh, talk on The Flash this week, I 
I like that they give us some more closure on the whole Zoom thing when they basically showed us that Hunter Zolomon and Jay Garrick are the same person and he was able to split himself. Supposedly. I'm still, I know that they, they talked about that. I'm still not convinced. I'm still not a hundred percent convinced. It could be because that could be why they had trajectory, have the voices in her head, you know, the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing. But she, she never had the speed force in her. Right. And some could say, Oh, well, that's why she disintegrated. But then why would the mental issues affect both of them the same way? Well, I don't know. I don't have anything for that because I, I haven't thought of that. That's fine. No, it, it's just my brain doesn't want to accept some things, and yeah, that's yeah. one of them. Well, see, my feeling is is that maybe there's some sort of issue with the Velocity 9 because Jay had taken the Velocity 9. Yep. And maybe, maybe he had the explosion from Star Labs over on Earth 2 caused Hunter and Jay to split. I still think that he said that Hunter Zolomon was his doppelganger from Earth-1. That's how he was yeah. introduced. Right. But, see, but we still see, um, we still see that he's two people, though, on Earth-2. Right. He is two people because we had Zoom carrying Jay Garrick's dead body. Right. I mean, if he was just being in two places, he wouldn't need to do that, obviously. Huh. I'm sure they'll explain it more. Right. But and correct me if I'm wrong here, but yeah. when we first got introduced to the velocity formula, I thought it was velocity six and they've had to up the, you know, it, then it was, it was, it was yeah. velocity six that they used on earth two, And yeah. they've, they've, you know, transposed it or changed it a few times. Right. Since then. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, good show. Darn good show. I uh, I especially liked uh, – normally I wouldn't be a fan of this, but I liked how they kind of tied all the pieces together at the end for both the team and the audience, you know, where they were like, wait, she turned into blue lightning when she took all that Velocity yes. 9. Yes. And that's what Zoom had. And she went Zoom crazy. And yes. Cisco has been vibing on Jay's helmet. And yeah. yeah. No, it, was, yeah, it was great. They it was great. They definitely tied it up. And they had – I mean they had to kill someone to tie it up. Right. But they definitely tied it up. So it if sense. she's even dead. If she she's could, even dead. She could have become one with the Speed Force. Yes, that's true. I, I'd I'm like sure to see we'll something come of that. Um, I'm sure we'll find out down the line. But i got to say, as good as that one was, I was really not impressed with Arrow this week. No. my Literally, my only note for Arrow was teen drama bullshit. <laughs> My my first note was Felicity needs to grow up, but yeah, yeah. Then yeah. after that, it was lame. Well, yeah, because it's just like, oh, Cupid's back. Yeah. Now, oh, we got. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to get married after all, so that way she'll come attack us and innocent people. I was just like, oh, they really are doing this. I I actually had a friend of mine that <sighs> messaged me after the episode and said, okay, I gotta ask you a question. Why did they have to get married? And I said, because it's the most convoluted way that they could possibly advance the story. <laughs> And try to get Cupid into one place. Yes. That's what I thought. It's really stupid, is isn't it? Yes, it was stupid. <laughs> yes, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah, it just it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. I didn't it wasn't care good. for the episode. It, it wasn't I just fun. Didn't care for it. And this is the second time we had it with King Shark over on Flash, and now this is the second one where it's like, hey, didn't yeah. Argus have this supervillain under wraps? Oh, yeah. guess not. Yeah, she exactly. Got, yes. What yeah, kind of an organization are you? 
<laughs> Man, if I forget to email in my time card, I could get fired. And these guys are just like letting super beings out all over the place, and they're like, sorry. I, I forgot to put a half hour of overtime as straight time instead of premium time because of the half hour calm time I got. And I got four <laughs> emails about it. Yeah. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. I think we need to go get the boss from Office Space and have him in charge of Argus. <laughs> I, I think maybe then we could keep some of these uh, villains under wraps a little bit yeah. better. Yeah. They might actually, yeah, they might actually prevent them from escaping. Left and right. Uh. <sighs> So let's just stay on the superhero motif. I'm going to go right into Gotham. Excellent. So I enjoyed this week's episode. I did as well. Up until the end. But the <laughs> beginning I really enjoyed. Yep. Because I really loved the actual riddles from yes. the museum to the train station everything. Um, I, I kind of wish they would have taken a little bit more time to solve them. But whatever. I just thought it was great because we actually had riddles. Yeah. Apparently Jim Gordon's a member of Mensa or something. Yeah, well, that's what I mean by I wish they would take a little bit more time to solve them. But I just, I thought it was neat because it reminded me of the old kind of like the old Batman series. <laughs> Frank Gorshin Batman. Batman? Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Me too. Um, I cannot say how much I love the casting of Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens as Penguin's father. I when I saw him come into yeah. the graveyard for the first time, I kind of yeah. lost my mind. Yeah, I did too. Because I had actually remembered reading something like a year ago now, and I can't remember now if it was fantasy casting or legit casting that he was going to be Penguin's father. But then when I saw him come in the cemetery, I was like, "Dude, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is crap. I mean, it's perfect. It's it's like, um, crap. I can't remember his name. Harrison Wells in real life. Tom Cavana. Yes, as JD's brother on Scrubs. Yep." They actually look alike. It's believable. They're brothers. So, hey, so little brother. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so having Pee Wee Herman be Penguin's father, I mean, it's just awesome. I honestly think that they could have an amazing show if they just gave Riddler and Penguin their own stories. Just yes. every episode that yes. those two are on, especially Riddler, <sighs> they're doing so much good with his character for all the bad they're doing with some yes, of the others. They are. That if they just gave me a Riddler and Penguin show, like a, an odd couple kind of thing, I'd be right in heaven. I'd watch every episode of that. I loved it when Penguin showed up at Riddler's door, and he was just, you know, Riddler was so <laughs> excited to see Penguin at first. And yeah. then by the end, he's like, you're really, you know what, I'm in a good place right now with how I'm doing <laughs> things, and you're kind of you're kind of freaking me out. You're yeah. going to have to go. <laughs> yes. Yes, the homicidal maniac says, you're freaking me out. You've yes, got to go. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a really good place where I am right now. I'm enjoying the crime I'm committing. So, yeah. I loved in the very opening scene when we're in the museum and it's like the art display and you see that giant pineapple grenade up there and there's a yeah. placard right below it's it that says, a, this is a real bomb. Yes, I loved it. I, I saw I, that. I thought that was, that was hilarious. I did. I half expected like Frank Gorshin to jump out and be like, Mwah. Yeah, I loved it. I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> but as much as I loved parts of this episode, Gordon's being investigated and arrested. Oh, he's going to jail. And then, whoa, we're going to fast forward that he's already been tried and convicted? Yeah. We're not gonna we all know that the justice that. system works that quickly. Yeah, exactly. Not in Gotham, at least. And now he's already heading off to prison? Yeah, I don't. I kind of don't like where they're going with that. And along the lines of the drama bullshit... Yeah, it's when they do stuff like this, what he did with Lee in prison when he's like, no, go away. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, and raise the child away from me. None yeah, yeah. come to this. Meh. Yeah. I didn't like that at all either. So as much as I loved like aspects of the episode, there was aspects of the episode I couldn't stand. Yep. 
But uh, <laughs> although I did make a note that hearing Lee say towards the end, "We're gonna fight this," I had to laugh out loud because that was her in Daredevil saying, yes. "We can fight this, Wade." <laughs> like, is that your role now, Monica yeah. or not Daredevil? Morena, Morena Baccarin. Yeah. Not Deadpool. Daredevil, Deadpool. Yeah. Thank you, Deadpool. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Actually, yes. That's exactly. her new role is to tell the men in her life, "We can fight this." <laughs> um. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to stay on the superhero themes for a second. Sure. So, um, on my Roku, I have a channel called Cape Television. Okay. And it's, it's only on Roku. They have a website, but you can't watch any of stuff on the website. So if you don't have a Roku and you can't watch the Roku channel, sorry, you're SOL. I'm out of However, I watched the 1948 Superman serial. I've watched the first like five of, there's 15 parts. I've watched, watched the first five. Really? Yes. I don't know. Did you ever watch the 1940, uh, the 1950s uh, Adventures of Superman with George Reeves as Superman? I most certainly did not. Oh, okay. When I was a kid, I used to watch Nick at Night at, law, at night, obviously, because it was Nick at Night. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up, <laughs> Professor. Yeah, right? So anyways, um, one of the shows that I used to love to watch was The Adventures of Superman. I, I've watched, I watched it all the time. And it was the old black and white series, and George Reeves played Superman and Clark Kent, and Noel Neal played... Lois Lane from season two on, and it was just, it was really good. Like, it was just enjoyable, like, TV. So, I don't know if you remember, uh, obviously don't remember you weren't there, but, like, they used to have serials every week, like, at the movie theaters. It was essentially, it was essentially, like, a season of television broken up over 15 weeks at the movies. So, a series of television at the movies. Yeah, it was basically a television series that just aired at the movie theater, and each episode was, like, 15 to 20 minutes long. And there's a, it always ends on a cliffhanger, so right. you have to come back to the theater next week. So I remember uh, the rant about that in Misery. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, like, on the, this Cape Television, they have, like, the two Superman serials. They have a Captain America serial. They have uh, Batman on there. And this was all done – all these were done, like, in the late 40s to early 50s. Okay. Um, yeah, so – Again, so I watched the the Superman one because I said, "Oh, let's just check this out," and I was really surprised how good it was. Like, I was really liking it. I mean, the first part is a is an origin story where Clark, uh, but they changed it up a little bit because Clark like left. They never said Smallville, but left the farm after his parents died. His parents were Martha and Eben Kent. Interesting. Um, part two, we meet Lois Lane, and he saves her for the first time, and he gets a job at the Daily Planet. And then part three is the the uh, the villain, the Spider Lady, is introduced, and we also discover that Kryptonite, um, but it's not called Kryptonite. It's not called Kryptonite to the episode after that, but we find out that it affects him in a very negative way. And uh, also, what I think is neat is like uh, the costume, because it was a black and white TV show. His costume was actually gray and brown. Interesting. It showed up better on TV and in the black and white format. Hmm. And uh, I just gonna say I really like it. Like I'm, I'm surprised how much it reminds me of the old Superman series, and um, the acting on it is actually really good. And yeah, it's just it's cool. But it led me to, um, kind of down this path of research, and and I just found that like there's been a long history over the years of Superman characters playing on different Superman-related shows. And some of this you probably already know, but, like, for instance, in this series, 
1948 serial and in the 1950 serial, Superman's played by uh, Kirk Allen. And he did he was offered the part to play in the Adventures of Superman series, but he turned it down because he didn't want to get typecast as Superman. Um, but going forward in the 1978 Superman movie, he's uncredited, but he plays Lois Lane's father, Sam, you know, the general. Yes. And then uh, Lois Lane's played by Noel Neal and the serials. And then in seasons two through six of the Adventures of Superman series. And then she plays Ellen Lane in the 1978 Superman movie. Okay. Lois's mother. And right. also, she plays a character named Alexis in a 1991 episode of Superboy, and then she plays Gertrude uh, Vanderworth in the Superman Return series. And she actually now lives in Metropolis, Illinois, which they call the home of Superman, and they have a statue in town to her, and they call her the First Lady of Metropolis. Huh. And there's a Superman festival there every year. I want to go. Uh, yeah, I'll go with you for that. Yeah. Um, and then here's kind of something else that's kind of neat. Phyllis Coates, who played Lois Lane in the uh, Superman in the Mole Man movie, which was like the pilot. It was basically a long pilot episode, but they call it a movie. And then in season one of the Superman show, she played Ella Lane, Lois's mom, on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Ah, interesting. Now, Terry Hatcher, who played Lois in Lois and Clark, plays Ella Lane on Smallville. So you that's have That's true. You have a history of women who played Lois Lane playing Lois's mother on different versions of Superman now. Well, that's a nice little tradition. Yeah, yeah. I can and get then, behind that. Yeah, while I was kind of looking through it, like Jack Larson, he played Jimmy Olsen on the uh, 50s TV show. And then he also had a role in the same episode of Superboy as Noel Neal did. And then he was on an episode of Lois and Clark, and he was in the Superman Return movies. And like Dean Kane. He had a role on Smallville, and now he's playing Supergirl's adopted dad on the Supergirl series. Correct. And then, like, Helen Slater was Supergirl in the movie, and she also had roles on Smallville and Supergirl as Supergirl's adopted mom in the TV show. And then, like, Laura Vandervoot plays Kara Zoel on Smallville, and now she's playing, like, Brainiac 8 on Supergirl. And then Christopher Reeves was on Smallville as well. So it's like there's this whole tradition of these characters who are in, like, earlier versions of Superman playing characters in later versions of Superman. Outstanding. And Supergirl and stuff. And I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm That's probably, some heavy research right there. Well, I had some time. Uh, but I don't know. I, maybe I'm a dork in that aspect, but it's just really neat to me. Oh, no. I always like stuff like that. Yeah. I always appreciate a good tie-in. Yeah, so I just I don't know, I just thought it was really really cool, but I'm really enjoying the Superman serial. So if you have a Roku box, and I know Which you I don't. don't, John, <laughs> but, but any uh, of the listeners out there, if you have a Roku, download the Cape Television channel, and then go ahead and watch some classic. Uh, at least I can tell you the Superman serials are good. I haven't checked out Batman or Captain America yet, but I will. I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's you know worth checking out. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, there's there's that. Excellent. So <laughs> now I'm gonna segue from that to uh, put the spotlight back on you. Okay. Because you watch these shows, you said, "Well, I had a lot of time." <sighs> Have you watched any Limitless, Mike? I, I didn't. <laughs> oh, 
You know, last episode we kind of closed out promising our listeners. I know. I said I'd watch an episode, and I I didn't watch an episode. I, I, I got to tell you, Mike, I'm disappointed. I uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You, you made me a sad monkey today. I was uh, I was getting caught up on other shows, and then I was kind of watching some other stuff, and it didn't even cross my mind. I will I will make it a point. I give okay. you my solemn vow. <laughs> I'm going to send you daily messages. I'm going to make a sweeping declaration <laughs> that I will watch an episode, at least one of Limitless, between now and, and next week. Well, then I will keep this review spoiler-free. However, I will say that, uh, as you will see in the previews, that uh, Bradley Cooper returns briefly in this episode. Um, I, I like the crossover. Yes. Well, you were just talking about different, um, you know, actresses moving on and stuff like that, tie-ins. Uh, this, I was actually talking to somebody about this earlier. Limitless does something with its storytelling that you don't see very often, and it's probably good that you don't, but it's such a wonderful plot device. Yep. The hero of the movie, Bradley Cooper, Eddie Mora, yep. in the TV series, is effectively the villain. Really? Now, you don't see that very often. Like, when was the last time you read a book series? Like, say you read Harry Potter. You read the whole yeah. series of Harry Potter. Yeah. You loved it. Then they started another series, like, 20 years later, and now Harry was the villain. Huh. That's interesting. You know, the power goes to his head, and he realizes that he's all-powerful, and maybe Voldemort had some good ideas, and so he becomes the villain. It would be a really interesting twist. You don't see it very often because people like their heroes to be heroes and their villains to be villains. But this is such a great way that they tell this story because like I said, you've got the new character, Brian Finch and his story is opposed to the movie story, which is really good storytelling the way that they do it. Hmm. Um, That's it, interesting. And this episode, that. Uh, I'm going to make a blanket statement right here. Okay. I look forward to limitless as much, maybe even a little more than no. flash every week. Really? I am dead serious. That is a, very heavy statement. It's make, heavy, sir. but it deserves it. This last episode was huh. so good, it just it had me riveted. And the ending twists it around so much that I just I I will be honest, I kind of squeed a little bit. I was so excited. Really? Yes. Just remind me again, is this on season one or two of the show? This is season one still. All right. Well, and it's on CBS, so I know you've got the app. <laughs> This episode featured the return of the Bruntouchables, which is the uh, Brian's group of people from the FBI who are part of his own personal task force. It's not an official task force. It's a bunch of people like the janitor that he gathered yep. together to help him think of stuff. And they're the Bruntouchables, and they have a T-shirt. <laughs> I like that. All right. I will have watched at least one by the time we uh, sit down and record again. Excellent. You watching Blindspot at all? No. I started watching it, and I did not like it. Okay, so here's the deal. I've okay. kind of hung on to it. It's on Hulu. Uh, generally speaking, I, I have it on my tablet at night when I'm at work. Maybe I'm okay. doing the schedule doing something like that. So it's kind of background noise because I, I, you know, I, I do like it. Okay. Um, A lot of people do. So, but here's what I've come to the conclusion of this week. I like the show when it started, but now yep. 14 episodes in. It's becoming a little convoluted with all the B backstories, kind of like, you know, this person's secret thing they got going on, this person's relationship, this and this and this. Like, it's 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 kind of getting a little convoluted. Okay. And then as time goes on, the validity of Jane's tattoos helping <laughs> ongoing cases becomes less likely. 
it's I mean, kind of like yeah. the Lucifer effect. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, okay, so... I don't really see the show lasting too many seasons because two years from now or three years from now or three seasons from now, whatever, you know, uh, they're going to be looking at a tattoo on Jane's uh, inner knee and it's going to help <laughs> uncover some sort of conspiracy that has to be solved right now. So I'm like, I just, I just don't see it lasting that long. I mean, like the original concept was cool, but it kind of reminds me of prison break, right? You know, with is it Michael's tattoos. Was it Michael, the character? Yes. Okay. Once they broke out of that prison, those tattoos become pretty much useless. Completely useless. Right? Because those tattoos were the was the diagram of the prison. Well, yep. so now he's got to run around the next several seasons and maybe even this return season they're thinking. Oh, no, he's dead now. Never mind. Oh, no, he's coming back. Okay. so But he's got to run around still with all these tattoos on even though they're useless. Right. So... It's almost that I mean like Jane's tattoos, I feel like that there's there's a time limit on how long that they're actually gonna be valid to prevent tragedies. You know, it's not like the black list. Right. You know, um which I know which is, I can't believe we haven't talked about that show, but it hasn't been back in forever. I know, but uh it's still a great show. It's so, phenomenal. <laughs> But anyway, so I just I don't see the show lasting too much longer. I'm gonna probably stick around with it as one of those shows where I don't have anything else to watch. It's not conflicting, so I'm gonna go ahead and watch it. Okay. Um, well, keep us updated. But I yeah. stopped after about five episodes. I found her too whiny, and I found every episode to be very formulaic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. It is. It is. It's definitely not one I kind of look forward to. It's more of like, oh, look, there's a new episode. I'll throw it on while I'm doing the schedule. Gotcha. So. Um, but yeah, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Is that back? It's been back. Oh, really? Yeah. I stopped watching it a while ago. Okay. Well, Speaking of convoluted. I still, well, all right. For instance, in this week's episode. Yep. I do like how they can use, how they use some like actual American historical, historical events yes. stretched out a bit to fit <laughs> them into license. their, yeah, 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 to fit them into their supernatural stories. Like, um, they needed to locate Betsy Ross's original flag to find a pathway back to, uh, some chamber. Okay. I can't think of the name they used the, they called it, but anyways, um, so they were looking at a flag where that was supposed to be her original flag. They're at the you know, the museum it was at, and straight away Ichabod recognizes that it's not the right flag, and then makes the comments of how this flag is full of holes. And then they somehow relate like, okay, well the holes in the flag actually line up on the lines of the flag, the stripes of the flags. That if you put it like say on a musical note, it's actually musical keys sounds like the goonies yeah and yeah and when it's played out it's actually the star spangled banner and so then so i'm like oh that's kind of neat someone sat down and thought that out and the words of the star spangled banner um are a map to guide you to where betsy ross's original flag has been hidden Wow. And they, they somehow make it work. I'm like, someone really thought long and hard about this or just it came to them somehow. But basically, like, you know, because the way they did it was is 
when the guy wrote the Star Spangled Banner, Banner, it was decades after the original flag. So how would they be related? And it's because he used like you know, and there's, there's a line in our national anthem where you know our flag was still there. Right. Well, basically, that's you know, leading right. up to that line, that's where they figured out. Oh, the flag is hidden here because of the the lyrics to the song. And gotcha. then they find the flag and they steal it, of course, and well, they they lo- recover it, and then it helps. The episode ends with them like, "Oh, this is giving us the map on how to get back to this chamber, so we can rebuild Pandora's box, so we can stop this ultimate evil." So, as I've now described it, yes, it does it does sound very convoluted and stretched out, but I st- I still like how they, uh, they they piece it together. That's good. I I think I stopped right before they went on hiatus the last yeah. time. I just couldn't wrap my head around it anymore. It just seemed more and more contrived the more I watched it. I liked it in the beginning when it was really yeah. the Headless Horseman and yes. some historical stuff, but then when they started like, oh, and then Betsy Ross was actually a spy and she yeah. had a romantic entanglement with Ichabod who apparently was in everybody's pants back then. Yep. Even though he was very respectable. That's right, yes. Um, yeah, but, you know, Sleeper Hall, again, I like this show, but it has actually become one of those shows where it's like, I think I ended up watching like three episodes in a row last time because they built up on me. Okay. But I'm still sticking to my guns. I like how they use, you know, actual American historical events and then take creative license to tie them into the supernatural stories. Yeah, good stuff. I still like it. Yeah. Excellent. You got anything you want to talk about? Um... I got a couple of rapid-fire reviews I can give you. Fire them away. <laughs> iZombie, still loving the show. Yeah. It's uh, got a good story. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Castle, yeah. great. Oh. Still Castle's, enjoying it. Castle's great. Yep. That, that yeah. was a very good episode that they had. Yeah. Um, still really enjoying The Magicians. The show's getting much more adult yeah. than uh, I expected. You know, this week we had to do some sex magic. Ooh, hey. Yeah. Guess I got to go check out those books. <laughs> and uh, Criminal Minds, are you still watching that? I am watching Criminal Minds. I have the last episode I saw was the one where Derek was taken captive. I still have two episodes to watch. Well, what they don't tell you in the previews and everything yeah. is that essentially that was part one of three. Okay. Yeah, I know he's left the show because my cousin Chrissy is just beside herself with grief. Yes. Yeah, Shamar Moore has left. Oh, she just loves him so much i will say honestly i won't get yeah. into details but as somebody who's been watching since they started which apparently was 11 years ago go figure that yeah, out i've been watching every episode too myself, um so. it was a hard it was a hard one to swallow yeah like, like most of the people that leave the show you know it's like oh yeah. wow that sucks but with this one it was really hard for me yeah i believe I, it i mean he's i had been, some feels he's been there since the beginning yep you know, I mean, and I'm sure it's like when Mandy Patinkin left the show. It was mid It was after, you know, it was in between seasons. So basically the show comes back and he's already gone. He's written a letter. Right. And I will say they did piss me off how they killed his character several seasons oh. later. It's just to, as a way to build a story. Like, that, uh, yeah. I we can't even go there. I can't even do that. Yeah. I, that I was so ridiculous. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I, I, I get what you're saying. So, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it tonight, actually. Okay. Um, but yeah, I love that show. It's a great show. Yeah. Uh, they had a really good episode a few episodes back. The one where, um, oh, I can't think of his name. The smart kid, Dr. Dr. Spencer Reed. Dr. Spencer Reed, yes. Dr. Reed is in the restaurant with the assassin girl. 
Yes. That was a really good episode. That was such a good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that loved was, that one. That was just great television. Aubrey right Plaza. Way to pull yeah. that one out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was just great television. It's definitely still a show I like. Uh, yep. Still a show I'm playing on, on keeping watching. It's um, never one that I'm really actively looking forward to. It's definitely yes. a background show. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, want to, I, I want to jump back to Castle real quick. I just want to make I really love the fact that they're working together now yes to solve this and they're not gonna be playing that stupid game of oh we're not dating but we're dating right and that they basically said we've been stupid to be lying to each other the audience was right yes so i'm i'm just glad that they're gonna work together and just get over themselves about it because i thought they were gonna go the other direction with kate and she was like, no, I'm really not going to date you anymore because you lied to me. But he's like, well, I didn't lie to you on purpose. Like, I erased those memories. So. Right. Yeah. But um, you're, you're mad at past me, not yeah, present exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad they did away with that. Yes, me too. So uh, I watched a couple movies this week. Did you? I did. I watched the uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2 on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That was the direct-to-Netflix one, right? Yes, it was released in theaters in other countries, but in Netflix it was, uh, I mean, in America it was just Netflix, straight to Netflix. And it was filmed in English, and Michelle Yeoh is the only returning character, but it's got a really kind of powerful cast. I mean, it's got Donnie Yen, which he is, he's huge over in Hong Kong right now. I mean, like, just everything he's been in, he's had some IP Master series, and just, he's a Stallworth character that's been over there for years and years and years, making some pretty, pretty uh, kick-ass Hong Kong action flicks. Rather they be epical uh, period pieces or you know current times pieces, he's just he's been killing it over there. He's not the uh, stun action guru like a Jackie Chan or a Jet Li is, but he definitely has the fight scenes down. Cool. It's also got Jason Scott Lee in it. And he played uh, Bruce Lee in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Right. And he was in Time Cop 2 and some other B stuff. And it's got uh, Harry Shum Jr. Yes, I'm reading this off. And he played Mike Chang on Glee. Um, so it's got a great cast of people. Um, but uh, the premise is, is that Michelle Yeoh and other characters, they're protecting Lee Mubai's sword, The Green Destiny. Uh, Lee Mubai was played by Chai on Fat in the first movie. Right. He, yep. he died. Um, but anyways, they're they're trying to prevent the Green Destiny falling in the hands of, of Hades Die, who's played by Jason Scott Lee. And um, that's pretty much the premise of the story. Jason Scott Lee's got his gang of people. They're trying to get the sword. They're trying to prevent them to get the sword. There's a lot of fighting and killing that goes on. Um, the story itself is good. I enjoyed it. I mean, it is. I mean, Crouch of Tiger, Hidden Dragon was been, uh, based on a book. Um, there was a, a four book series that's never been translated to English. Um, and that Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon was based on book three. And now this flick is based on book four. So, I mean, oh, it makes cool. sense continuity wise that way. Right. Um, I will tell you the locations they shot, which I read was in Hong Kong and in Australia and New Zealand, that is, were beautiful. I mean, the mountain scenes, the colors were so bright and vibrant. And yes, that's a colorblind guy telling you this. You can't see shades. I mean, <laughs> it was it was great. And um, I, I enjoyed the movie and the action scenes and everything. And it really reminded me of like a new version of like the old school wushu 
Hong Kong action flicks, which I've seen tons of. So I, I, I thought it was a great flick. Excellent. Uh, if you like that type of flicks, definitely check it out. Uh, another thing I watched was I was on Netflix and I saw this thing called Finders Keepers. And oh no, if you know what it's about, don't don't say anything yet. Nope. Um, it was like it was a glitter box cover. Yes. And I was drawn to it. And the this is the premise. When Shannon Wisnett finds an amputated leg in a used grill, he tries to capitalize on the mass media frenzy. But then the limb's owner shows up. Now, when you read that, John, what is what what type of movie is that? Um terrible. That is a terrible movie, Mike. <laughs> Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But I mean, like, when I read that, I thought, oh, this is some low-budget horror flick. Right. You know what I mean? And then I looked down, nope, it's a documentary. <laughs> what? Yep, this is an actual documentary based on this real-life man named Shannon Wisnant, and he, like, went to one of those um, storage auction things where the person right. didn't pay the storage and so they auction the stuff off. So he's already he, a high-class guy. Exactly. He buys this old wood smoker grill, takes it home, and when he opens it up, he finds from the knee down, just below the knee down, an amputated leg inside this grill. Maybe they were making jerky. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just reading I'm like, are you freaking serious? Like, I cannot believe it. Like, I'm reading this. I'm like, this is a freaking documentary. I have to watch this. <laughs> of course you do. Because, like, ser- I mean, sincerely, I mean, it's this should not be a documentary. So I, I flip it on and everything. And basically this guy named John Wood, um, there's a tragic backstory involved. Um, and essentially he's in a plane crash they have to amputate his leg, and he goes, I want to keep it. And for whatever reason, they gave it back to him. <laughs> They're like, okay. And, yeah, exactly. So the whole premise of the story is, it, you know, they explain how it ends up in the smoker. It explains how it ends up in this in the storage locker and how this other guy gets it and everything. And there is, like, there is some underlining resentment between Shannon and John from when they were kids. So, I mean, like, they knew each other. Well, Shannon knew John, let's just say, because apparently John's dad was a big kind of name in this in town. John didn't really seem to know Shannon, but there was some underlying resentment between the two of them because of it. And Shannon really tried to build a lot of celebrity out of this. They even ended up on Judge Mathis. Seriously? The TV show. I'm dead serious. So, like, just for pure, like, ridiculous entertainment sense, it was worth watching. Um, it's a hard sell to get someone else to like to, for me to convince you to sit down and watch this because it is about an hour and a half. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. But I literally sat here going, really, 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 like the whole movie. And like John does get his leg back. I don't want to spoil it. For <laughs> Spoiler him, alert! Sorry, he gets his leg back. But he's also like a massive drug addict, so they talk about that with his family and on and on. And then like and they film this over several years, it looks like. Like this this documentary. This crew followed this guy Whoever around for did several that years needs to be stopped. <laughs> so whatever I mean, they're working on right now, even if it's charity work, they need to be stopped. <laughs> 
But I mean, it's just, I don't know. It was just weird. And like Shannon Winslet ends up on this other like bargain hunter show that was on whatever. It doesn't say what channels. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But I read the premise. I'm like, this has got to be a horror movie. It's a documentary. It sucked me in even more. <laughs> Better you than me, my friend. I know, I know. But still, <laughs> I mean, I was just like, really? And I got to be honest, the leg, they show the leg near the end. You finally get to see it. Wait, they don't show it in the beginning? No. They, they build up over the entirety yes. of this movie to yes. the leg reveal? Yes. Oh, that's because horrible. What John wanted, what he thought he was going to get back was just bones skeletal no there was meat and flesh and everything on this thing right and so when he goes what the hell do i do with this these aren't bones there's still muscle and fat and skin on this and so it like mummified oh yeah it's just it looked gross and i'm like why is that lady touching that without gloves on so yeah i can't believe you Spent an hour and a half watching that. I can't believe it either. And you didn't watch Limitless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know, because when you brought that up earlier, all my seconds, oh, shit, I'm going to talk about this really crappy (laughs) Yeah, you're like looking at your notes like, cross that out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to talk about this really crappy documentary, but I didn't watch the TV show I said I watched. (laughs) That's Uh, outstanding. But I will watch that show next week. And hey... I'm, I think we're going a little long. I know we don't have a time limit, but I think we're going along. I'm going to have to push Ash versus Evil Dead back to next week. Okay. Yeah. It keeps getting pushed back, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll keep it on the Sorry. docket. Sorry. Ask... Sorry, Matt Damon. We ran out of time. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I do have to ask a quick question. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that somebody at CBS lost a bet, and that's why we're getting a TV series of Rush Hour? <sighs> okay. I liked the movie, first one. When it came out, what, 15 years ago? Yep, yep. Second one was okay. Third one, okay, stretching. But it's Jackie Chan. I love Jackie Chan. Right. Um, not so sure about the series. I know I heard talk about this series years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And nothing <laughs> Probably 15 years ago. <laughs> well, it was around the same time that Sammo Hung did Martial Law on CBS. Okay. Because it was the Rush Hour movie that led to the, the Martial Law series. Okay. Because I used to like watching that. But right. I think it's dated. But, uh, yeah, but then we never – but because Martial Law didn't do well and only, you know, it didn't last very long um, ratings-wise, that's why they didn't do the Rush Hour series then. So Gotcha. I, have, I haven't heard casting. Who's Do you, do you know who's going to be in it? Uh, it's two people that I don't recognize that are supposed to look like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. I'll have to look it up. I will not be watching it. I did like the first movie, but I just see this now and say, why? Why this late in the game? Yeah, it does seem like the wrong move. I mean, they're not like, it's not like they're coming out with a fourth movie, so I don't know what they're trying to capitalize on. I think they, somebody lost a bet. It was like a Brewster's Millions kind of thing or trading places. (laughs) I bet you a dollar, a gentleman's wager that you cannot make a TV show work based on a movie from 15 years ago that was mediocre at best. I accept your challenge. Okay, I'm reading about it now. Dude, um, Bill Lawrence. What? Shut up. He's developing this. Shut up. Yeah. No. I reject that. 
It says here, Rush Hour is an upcoming American police procedural comedy television series developed by Blake McCormick and Bill Lawrence. No. Yep. No. Yes, it's Bill Lawrence. Why? The show is debuting in four days. He gave us Scrubs. He gave us Cougar Town, didn't he? This is literally the first I've heard of this, to be honest. Wow. And this show is debuting on TV in four days. Now I'm sad. And the guy who plays Detective Carter doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. Like, that's how little (laughs) he's done stuff. I bet when they say that it's developed by that guy and Bill Lawrence, Bill Lawrence probably said, "Uh, yeah, I don't want to do this. And they said, well, you're in it now. John Fu is playing Jackie Chan's character. He's an English actor, martial arts and stuntman with mixed of Chinese and Irish descent. Okay. So I guess we're going to have to watch this and uh, weigh in on it next week, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to definitely check that out. All right, I'll bite the bullet and watch the first episode so that watch we can talk about it next episode. time. Yeah. Jason Crow. Bill Lawrence. <laughs> Bill that's, Lawrence. That's, that's, I love Bill Lawrence, man. What's going scrubs. on? He gave us, I think he even gave us Cougar Town. I, I think so, yeah. But he, ugh, well, that is disappointing. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yeah. I think it's about time that we uh, wrap this up. People are we'll probably getting bored listening to us talk. Probably not. We're entertaining as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, let us know if you are. I mean, we're, yeah, we're up there some, on the Twitters. Yeah, send us some Twitters. I'm Superstar ML. And I'm the Quantum Geek with threes in the E's. And uh, and uh, our show Twitter there is What Did You Watch? At What Did You Watch? So feel free to drop us a, a note or a question or a query or recommend a show for us to watch, and we'll tell you if we like it or not. That's right. So, well, I'm John. I'm Mike. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and we'll catch you all next week with more of What Did You Watch This Week? <laughs>